really hard to find a job that's gonna pay you what you need, work with your schedule, and um, just really like work with you. And there's this lady, she's been trying to get me to work at her job. And I remember when she first told me to start and pay, I was like, um, that's nice, but no. And I turned her down. So the next month, she was like, okay, well, I can raise it. And she raised it by 50 cent. And I was like, then what's that gonna do? <laughs> so, a um, couple months later, we get to the very end of January, and she pulled me to the side, and she was like, all right, if I tell you this, you can't tell nobody. And I was like, what? I'm thinking she's gonna raise it by like $2. She raised it by four, and I was like, okay. And it was right on the ballpark of what I was praying for, the ballpark of what I needed to provide for me and my son. And I was like, all right, well, hold on, let me test it real quick. I can't work Sundays, Wednesdays, or Saturdays. She was like, all right, we close Sundays and Saturdays. That's cool. You ain't got to work Wednesdays. I'm like, okay. I'm like, I got to get off at 4.30. She's like, that's fine. I'm like, okay. So I prayed on it for a little bit. I'm like, all right, I'm going to ask some people to pray on it. And... Um, it just, it was very obvious, like, okay, this is a job that he set out for you. Like, he gave you this opportunity. You know, don't miss it, you know. So I got that job. And then um, another prayer support was my yell was, like, really sick. He was waking up at the same time every night, 3 in the morning, throwing up, you know, just doing a whole bunch of stuff. And I think everything demonic, like, if it ain't from Jesus, I think it's demonic. I don't care. I'm going to say it's demonic. Like, if you cut me off in the interstate, that's demonic. Why would you do it? <laughs> so, so he's throwing up. And, you know, throughout the day, he's fine. But three, it's, it's that same time every night. So I'm like, oh, no, nah, it's like witchcraft going on. Like, what's going on? So I'm praying for him. I'm praying for him. I got people, I got people praying for him. And I was talking to somebody, and they were telling me how um, their child was going through the same thing. And they put out some Bible scriptures about healing, and it just went away. And I'm thinking in my head, like, man, why I ain't thinking that? So I went home, and I pulled up some Bible scriptures. I'm like, all right, Lord, this is what you said. This is what you said in your word. I need you to do this. Like, you know, and immediately just done. Like, my baby went to sleep fine. Yeah. Hasn't happened yeah. again. I mean, he is just yeah. good. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. So... Um, and then the other part, I just wanted to get like a little prayer support about, I think it's a prayer support. Um, I've really been praying for just like effectiveness in witnessing, but not like effectiveness, like, um, people come to church, like, yeah, I want you to come to church, but I want like effectiveness and like being able to really like hear God when I'm talking to people. And, um, I know like lately I've really just been seeing that, like, I've really been seeing like the hand of God working when I'm witnessing, like just seeing how compassionate he is. Like, I know I've been talking to people and they're completely random people and then you hear what they're going through and it's just like, man, like, you ain't even know I was gonna be here. I don't know you, I don't know what you're going through, but God knew and he sent me and thank, thank God that there is a God who has obedient people to come here, you know, and that he really did work, on, work in me that I could give you his gospel and tell you, you know, that he's being healed, you know, and I just been seeing so much, you know, people coming to it, you know, fruit from it. All of that, so thank you. Yeah. Oh, test, test, awesome testimony. Can you say amen? Amen. 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 Again, it's good to be uh, in the house of God tonight. I uh, want to minister to you guys uh, this evening. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to the book of Joshua, chapter 9. Uh, we'll read 1 through 6, and then we'll drop down, same chapter of 14 and 15. Joshua chapter 9, 1 through 6, and 14 through 15. 
How many ready for tonight? Amen. I believe God's going to speak to us as he always do. How many remember uh, the time in your life when you said the sinner's prayer? Raise your hands. Amen. If you didn't raise your hand, then that was a trick question. Hey, there it is. Hey, no, no judgment. No arrows fired here. I'm just, I asked the question. Let me do it again. When, who remembers the last time you said a sinner's prayer? All right. All right. It looks better. We all remember that. How many know that changed our life? But I declare to you tonight that it was a different type of sinner's prayer you and I were saying before that one. You're like, what are you talking about, man? I'm spitting no heresies across the pulpit. But I'm talking about how many remember that sinner's prayer you prayed? We call it the prayer of promise. Oh, yeah. Come on. Lord, I will not, if you just get me out of this situation. See, that was the real sinner's prayer. When you was a sinner. When I was a sinner. Lord. And we swore by it, didn't we? Lord, if you get me out of this situation, I'll never do it again. See, I told you it was a sinner. That was really a sinner's prayer. Lord, if you give me another chance or opportunity, I'll do better. Here's the one right here. Lord, this one usually happened when we were intoxicated. <laughs> we was on the toilet calling Earl. Earl. That was our friend. Lord, I ain't going to never drink again. <laughs> but all jokes to the side, church. How many would agree that it's a real serious matter when it comes to keeping our promises when they involve God and people? When it involves God and people, it's a different ball game and it's no joking matter. I want to preach a sermon that I've entitled Keeping Your Promise to God and to People. I believe that's something that fires under the radar that sometimes even as Christians we can take that for granted. That you and I as Christians are called to walk in integrity, to be honest, amen. And listen, uh, many times it will involve uh, our promises, uh, the things we say, the things, the truth that we stand on, uh, that we live by it. Joshua 9, 1 through 6 and it came to pass when all the kings were on the side of the Jordan and the hills and the lowland and all the coast of the great sea toward Lebanon, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, and the Perizzites, the Hivites, and the Jephthahs heard about it, that they gathered together to fight with Joshua and Israel with one accord. But when the inhabitants of Gibeon heard what Joshua had done to Jericho and Ai, they worked craftily and went and pretended to be ambassadors. And they took old sacks of their donkeys, old wineskins torn and mended, old and patched sandals on their feet, and old garments on themselves, and all the bread of their provision was dry and moldy. And they went to Joshua to camp at Gilgag, and said to him, to the men of Israel, We have come from a far country, now therefore make a covenant with us. Dropping down to 14 through 15. Then the men of Israel took some of their provisions, but they did not ask counsel of the Lord. So Joshua made peace with them and made a covenant with them to let them live. And the rulers of the congregation swore unto them. Let us pray, church. Oh, Heavenly Father, I ask God right now, God, 
God, that you will help us, God, be men and women of our word. God, that we will stand on our promises made to you, God, more importantly, as well as people, God. God, Lord, let us live lives of honesty, God. God, let us uh, not just say, uh, but do what we say we're going to do, God. Let us continue to serve you, God. Uh, continue uh, to honor you, God, Lord. Uh, for this is a promise that we've made when we gave our life to you that we would do so. I ask all these things in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Uh, and all God's people said, Amen. I want to first look at promise keepers. In our text, uh, for those that are not familiar with this story, um, the Israelites have been given this new land. They have already destroyed the mighty city of Jericho. They've taken on the, the smaller uh, 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 nation, the uh, city of Ai. And now as they're going through the promised land, uh, you know, uh, all of the neighboring cities hear that, you know, that, that, that their death is coming, pretty much. And here it is, uh, all these cities. All these people, oh, there we go. I was about to yell. <laughs> they were trying to get rid of that already. But all these people are there. And they know they can't beat the Israelites because how I many know when, when God's on your team and no one stands a chance? And the Bible says, uh, it talks about this story. Here they are. And these Gibbonites uh, got a little smart. The Bible says they go, uh, they approach Joshua, you know, and you know, how many know when you're trying to bribe somebody, you might want to come with something. And here they is, they got the old wine skin, they got this, they got that. Uh, Joshua said, hey man, who are you? You know, Joshua ready to stab him right there. He was like, oh, no, 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 we, 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 from, we from around the way, man, we ain't nowhere close by. And Joshua, you know, but the key thing, you know, the Bible said they did not inquire of the Lord. That's a whole nother sermon. When you make decisions, you don't tap into God. But we'll say that for another day. But here it is. They didn't inquire of the Lord. And the Bible says they make covenant with the people that they were supposed to take out. How many know as a Christian, our promises to God and to people must be kept because it's your word. In other words, later on as we begin to I'm going to go ahead and take this off. I'm getting. Huh? Test, test. In other words, as Christians, our promises to God and people must be kept no matter what. In this text, we begin to see later on that, you know, they know that they have been deceived. And the other folks there, you know, they want Joshua to kill them. Joshua said, no, no, no. We made an oath. We made a promise. To keep our word. How many know that's you and I? That no matter the circumstance, no matter the compromise of it, uh, listen, if we say something, uh, we have to live by it. We need to follow through. How many know this is critical that we follow through with what we say? How many know what you say uh, uh, is critical because it builds trust with people? By what you say, by what you stand for tonight. When people can trust what you say, how I many know it goes a long way in our relationships with people? The fact that uh, people know you, you know, they can trust your word, amen, they, they can trust, uh, or, you know, the things that you say you're going to do, how you're going to live. How I many know it's even more of an emphasis when it pertains to keeping our promises that we've made to God? I talked about that sinner's prayer earlier. 
that all of us, listen, it wasn't just, you know, you asking God to come into your life. You made a promise that you're going to serve God, that I'm going to live clean. Listen, I know we, we, we're, none of us are free from mistakes, uh, but I'm talking about a pattern here of serving God. We made a promise to the Lord. At least that's what I hope we did when, when we said that sinner's prayer. God, I'm not going to be that way no more. See, when we keep our promise to God, how many know it shows our love and devotion to him, church? You know, the actions is, 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 is in the pudding, not just what we say. It shows our devotion to God when we made a promise to live for him. How many know it also becomes an example to others? How many know people will examine what you say, then they'll watch what you don't do? <laughs> they'll watch what you say, watch how you live, uh, and then be quick to, <laughs> they don't match. The dots don't connect. See, Joshua, being a good leader that he was, he made it loud and clear that we are people that are going to keep our promise. In other words, uh, regardless of the fact, regardless that they, de they deceived him, he didn't quarrel the Lord, check, my bad, whatever, and we're still going to stand on this because we're not going to have a reputation of, you know, again, because they weren't just representing themselves, they were representing a God. They are representing G God here. See, keeping our promises is important. In our text, again, the Israelites, they made an oath, church. It says that the rulers and the congregations swore to them. How many of keeping our promises reflects the character of the man? How many agree with that? When you keep your word, amen, when you stand on the promises that you made and how you say you're going to live, it reflects the character of every individual in here tonight. We're familiar with those sayings, my word is good. Come on, somebody. Or my word is my bond. In other words, what I, what I say, I will do. See, this has a lot to do with our promises reflecting our character. Proverbs 10, 9 says, whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his way crooked will be found out. Joshua making a stand on his word, even when he found out that he's been deceived, showed that he can walk in integrity. It showed that he can walk in, in integrity. First John 2 5. But whoever keeps his word in him, truly the love of God is perfected. By this we, we may know that we are in him. See, this is profound to me. Because, see, we actually consider what Joshua did in regards to his promise he made to the Gibeonites. We begin to see this. In the, Joshua's relationship with God was actually reflected in his promise made to the people. It began to show the fact that, you know, that he said, you know, I'm not going to kill you. Although you, you deceived me, uh, showed how his relationship is with his God. In other words, it spoke more volume. At that day when he didn't, you know, take amongst his hands to revenge because you deceived me. You, you, you're supposed to be a dead man like everybody else. See, even in that statement, it showed his relationship that he has with God. Again, the promises that you and I make reflects the character of the man tonight. See, as we make promises and stand by what we say, how many of this is carried out by what we do? It is here where a man's true character is revealed. Our character becomes revealed in our promises 
that we can stand and follow through even when life gets difficult. Come on, somebody. See, having this great character and keeping our promises is one of the reasons I believe that it says David was a man after God's own heart. Now, that's not the only reason, but I believe there's one, one, one thing about David, say what you want. He kept his promises. Oh, all through Samuel 1, 2 and King, David kept his promises. If he said he was going to do something, he did it. If he didn't say he wasn't going to do it, he wouldn't do it. For the most of the highlights, uh, 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 you know, when it came, uh, came down to the important things. Having great character and keeping our promises is one of the things I look at David's life. and No wonder they call him a, God, a man after God's own heart. We know the promise that he made to Jonathan not to destroy his household. 2 Samuel 9, 3, then the king said, it is, is, is there not uh, someone of the house of Saul to whom I may show kindness of God? How many know David didn't forget the promise that he made to his good friend? He kept his promise. David made a promise not to kill Shimei, the son of Gera, who had cursed him uh, when they was fleeing from Absalom. Uh, he's throwing rocks. Uh, you know, he's thinking that David's not deserving of the kingdom because he's, he's responsible for King Saul's death. Uh, then he meets him down the road, uh, and David swore, I ain't going to kill you. Now, he ended up getting killed, but it wasn't by David. See, the promises that we keep with God and people reflects our devotion and love to him, church. How I many know keeping our promises reveal a person's commitment and loyalty? When a person can be committed to what they say and do on a consistent basis, I, listen, church, that's saying a lot. That's saying something. The Bible says the Israelites were on a quest to, to conquer and destroy all the neighboring lands, but the Gibeonites got smart and deceived them. See, although they told her, again, they told her a lie to the children of God, and they found out. But how I many know they still had an oath? To honor church before God, and so do you and I. We have a commitment. There has to be a loyalty, amen, to all the things that we made the promises to God as well as people. See, there are many promises that you and I have made to God. And even when we are wrong, lied to, uh, uh, endured hardship. Listen, how I many know we have, we too have to honor the oath. See, again, it is through keeping the promises that uh, that commitment and loyalty is revealed in a person's heart. We still have to be committed and loyal to the promises we made before God, no matter what. See, people being loyal to their promises has been undervalued today. Come on, somebody. You see this a lot in sports where, you know, certain athletes can't stay on one team. Oh, yeah, about to pick on a few of them. Who remember LeBron James when he told the world, I'm taking my talents to South Beach? Right, right? And then he stood up there, not one, not two, not three, not four, but five, six, seven championships. That joker won two and bailed out when stuff got tough. Dipped out. <laughs> Some of y'all ain't, ain't giving no amen because that's your favorite player. My bad, I'm sorry. That's what he did. Okay? Can't stay loyal. Michael Jordan and Magic Bird, they talked, they said they would never go play with my, with my enemy. I would never go play with my opponent to win a championship. I'd rather not win one at all. That's loyalty to some degree. But we're in the land of free agency. No one's loyal. No one's committed to their promise. 
He promised Miami seven championships. He only brought them two. He's a liar. But no, church, commitment and loyalty and our promises, it, it has been very un, uh, undervalued when it comes especially to God and people, even us as Christians. See, as Christians, we must be promise keepers. Can you say amen? See, a promise isn't just what we say, but it's shown in how we live as well, church. We made a promise to God, to ourselves and others to be a Christian. Therefore, we ought to consider that when we, we fed up with life and want to throw the towel in. Like, what, what, what good is that? When, you, when life is frustrating, you want to go off the deep end. How many of you, you promised to live that, you know, uh, and serve God, amen? That was your oath. Jesus wanted to test his disciples' commitment and loyalty of their promise to follow and live for him with the question. John 6, 67 through 68, Jesus asked the 12, do you want to leave too? Simon Peter replied, Lord, to whom would we go? You have the words of eternal life. Uh, oh, this is what we need to utter when we want to flake out. Lord, where would we go? What, back to Egypt? Back to your sin? That's the backside of how that's working out for him. Remember that when the devil begins to lie to you and tell you it's better on the other side. How Pastor Polacco said the marriage seminar, he said the grass ain't green on the other side. They just take their time to water it better. <laughs> they just take the time to water it better. See, Peter and his brother Andrew made a decision and a promise to drop their nets forever to follow Jesus. Listen, we cannot afford to pick back up those same nets uh, that you and I made a promise to God that we would drop. How many know when a person gets baptized, this is the promise and the message we're sending to the onlookers? And I'm making a public confession that I, I, I want to be a Christian and live this new life. Secondly, I want to look at promises are made to be kept. How many believe that? Promises are meant to be kept. I want to look at how broken promises are cured. There are many reasons why people don't keep their promises made to God and people. Some understood reasons promises are broken includes... You know, that our feelings and circumstance change over time. And listen, I, I get that. But how many know when it comes to keeping our promises with God and people, how many know we must really closely consider the essence of that? That has to be some, some type of greater responsibility that you just don't handle that any kind of way. Because it's pertaining to God and his people. You see, when we consider the death of the promises that we've made to God and people, we have to understand the emphasis of the spiritual element that's involved and that comes with our broken promises. In other words, you ain't just escaping away with it. See, interesting enough, and some 400 years later, we read about a prom this same promise being broken, if you're a student of your Bible. This same promise that Joshua made to the Gibeonites uh, 400 years later, it's been broken. In the book of 2 Samuel 21-1-2, we see the spiritual dynamic and the fact that it, this, 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 uh, this promise has been broken. It says, now there was a famine in the land of David for three years, year after year, and David inquired of the Lord. And the Lord answered, it is because Saul in his bloodthirsty house, because he has killed the Gibeonites. 
So the king called the Gibeonites and spoke to them. And now the Gibeonites were not of the children of Israel, but of the remnant of the Amorites. The children of Israel have sworn protect, to protect them. Here it is, the Bible. Listen, nowhere in the Bible are you going to find this story. Nowhere in the 66 books are you going to see anything about King Saul killing the Gibeonites. But we do read, as David inquired on why there hasn't been rain on the land, God tells him why. He said, because Saul, being bloodthirsty, Killed them. And that's why, I, why this drought is here. See, many times broken promises come just from simple disobedience. Saul knew exactly, uh, you know, the idea, the history of all of this. The Bible says, when, when, you know, again, here he is uh, because of his bloodthirstiness, uh, because he wanted to appeal to the people, he slaughtered the Gibeonites. See, when a person is walking in disobedience such as Saul has been walking in, how many of this leads to many broken promises that can occur in a person's life? How many of that's what disobedience do to an individual church? Everything you said you would be and do for God and people becomes null and void because of disobedience. Again, Saul broke a 400-year promise uh, that his forefathers had made to an oath to a group of people. You see, deliberate disobedience will always lead us to breaking promises that we make to God, and even people sometimes. See, you see, this wasn't a direct promise made by himself. However, it was a covenant and a principle he was still to honor and keep. And see, when a person deliberately disobedient to the promise that they made to God, how many know this easily sets up and leads to other things? Things like broken promises that come at the hands of misguided zeal, distorted zeal. What am I talking about? This is the zeal and passion in which we once did for God's glory, but now it's become about our own. Here's Saul. The Bible said the reason why he killed the Gibeonites was pretty much to impress the people. No longer is it about God's glory, but it's about me and how I look in doing God's will. See, this is a, it's a setup to, for all your broken promises. Everything that was supposed to be about God's glory, uh, everything that was for the good of God that you do is now towards your own glory. Verse 2, chapter 2, uh, 21. So the king called the Gibeonites and spoke to them. He said, now the Gibeonites were not of the children of Israel, but of the remnant of the Amorites. The children of Israel have sworn protection, but Saul has sought to kill them in his zeal for the children of Israel and Judah. Key word in that verse, his zeal. See, there's a danger that comes from what was supposed to be God's glory that has been transformed to yours. The zeal that you once had for the things of God, the credit for the things that are happening in your life, through your life, that used to belong to God, but now it's yours. You're going hard for God, and now a couple of praises here and there. One or two more pats on the backs. Now that glory has reversed from God to you. Oh, it's, it's real. It can happen. Saul killed these people for his own glory. Listen, I have to be honest. I'm constantly on the receiving end of this. I've, you know, pioneering and the success and various different things, the pats on the backs, et cetera, et cetera. Even with these evangelism revivals that I'm doing across the country, I, I know God is helping people. I know God is here at helping pastors and pastors' wives and congregations, but I'll be a lie to tell you that the enemy comes after me. Pray for me. 
Because I'm always getting what God is doing in somebody's life. And listen, I have to contend against that. I have to contend against. Uh, and I know, listen, people don't mean it. Uh, you know, mean me ill will. But that don't mean I ain't got to protect myself. That's why I don't do too good. Uh, wanting to, yeah, 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 this, this and that. Yeah, brother, like, look, God is moving. And he really is. Listen, I ain't the only one. You have to fight against that. That the things that you do for God uh, don't become about you, but really to the glory of God and what he's doing. Because I'm telling you, it is here where that broken promise uh, that everything you wanted to do was for the glory of God. Now it's for you. Now it's the broken promise because it's about you now. It's not about the Lord no more. Let me give you a healthy tip, a wise tip to remember that'll help you. That God gets the glory through everything. Listen, you and I are nothing but a piece of dirt without Jesus. I'm going to tell you to you straight, nothing. We're nothing without God. We're not, it's not nothing extra. Every good thing, every great thing, everything God's doing through your life has doing and going is because of him. How dare we step in front of God's glory because of what he's using us to do broken promise used to be about God but it's about you how you look doing it see promises that are kept ultimately leads to how you perceived come on somebody see how you keep your promises or how you don't go a long way with people and how you perceived see although Joshua again was deceived and probably wanted the others wanted him to kill him how many he stood uh, he understood the principle of keeping his promise as well as the perception amen see like it or not we are perceived by people all the time and that perception that's perceived uh, by people it matters church what people perceive about you matters a whole lot more than you probably think it does it really does you know if your boss thinks that you're a lousy worker how many of you probably ain't going to get no promotion? That's his perception. You're lousy. I'm not giving you no raise. Or if a person perceives to be a, you know, a high-tempered and angry person all the time, chances are people don't want to really hang around you as much. Well, I don't care what people think. Well, you better. You better. You know, I often think about that, you know. Because, listen, on one hand, I get it. There's a balance of caring about what people think. Because, listen, some people are just going to be downright negative just because. Don't worry about those people. Or jealous or envy or whatever the case may be. It's whatever. That's your heart issue. But then I wonder, you know, what about, you know, the, the real realities of you not just worrying about what people think? Is it because you just don't want to change who you are? Therefore, it's easy to, I don't care about what people think. Because you don't want to deal with you. See, the, there's a balance to all of this church. Our promises are shaped and made by what we say and do. Tell you, promise by definition is a declaration or assurance that one will do a particular thing or that a particular thing will happen. Now, listen, I'm not talking about something coming up and you genuinely can't follow through with it. No, no, no. But I'm talking about a pattern of things that involve God and people, that you're always like a revolving door with your decisions. Which is, that's what I'm after tonight. That's what I'm talking about. See, as a Christian, you don't want the reputation of being that person that makes promises that no, that no longer hold any weight. 
Anything you say don't have no more weight no more. It's just like it's almost like your words weigh five pounds. Just, the person who's always taken for granted every time you say something. You don't want to be that guy. You don't want to be the perception of somebody being like, you know, Mark said it. You'd be like, who, Mark? Oh, yeah. His word ain't good. He's, ain't nobody marking him, right? In the business. See, this is a perception that gets attached to people that can't keep their promises. We don't want it to be hard for people to trust or feel excited about anything you say, but in hindsight, people really don't believe you. See, our broken promises, it comes with consequences, church, when we don't stand on who we are as Christians and what we say involving people and God. 2 Samuel 21, 3 through 6, Therefore David said to the Gibeonites, What shall I do for you? And with what shall I make an atonement that you may be blessed in the inheritance of the Lord? And the Gibeonites said to him, We will have no silver or gold from Saul from his house, nor shall you kill any man in Israel for us. So he said, Whatever you say, I will do for you. Then they answered the king and said, As for the man who consumed us and plotted against us, that we should be destroyed remaining in any other ter territories of Israel, let seven men of his descendants be delivered to us, and we will hang them before the Lord in Gibeah. They asked him, uh, uh, David said, what can I do for you but for what Saul? And here it is, uh, some of these folks uh, that perhaps had nothing to do with it get hung. See, broken promises, listen, they can come back to get you as well as others. We see it right here in the text. Saul's sin uh, brought uh, 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 devastation on Israel. The whole people suffered because of Saul's sin. Saul killed the Gibeonites. See, I believe this is emphasizing the more important principle, and that is, listen, how many know that there's consequences to these broken promises if we make them church? See, the reality is, church, time does not diminish our obligations to keep our promise, does it? In other words, there is no statute of limitation uh, when it comes uh, to the promises that we make before God. This is 400 years later, and how many know God still remember? There's consequences to this church. This is why accountability to deal with situations in our life is critical. See, if we allow all these things, then what are we doing? What are we building here? How many know it was God that gave David three choices of which curse he wanted to come upon himself when he, uh, when he uh, began to uh, number the people of Israel? God said, you choose which, which, <laughs> what you want. Sometimes God will desire leaders to hold people accountable for their broken promises that they made to God or even in their own situation. With that said, church, I want to look at, lastly, the expectation of our promise. How many of God expects us to keep our promises? Again, there was a 400-year promise that God still remembered and had expectations for. Again, there was no statute of limitation on this promise. More than 400 years before David's time, Israel swore not to harm them. This neighboring tribe, and listen, God expected them. To hold true. How many know God expects nations to keep their promises? And God expects us to keep our promises as well. See, God still has expectations for us to keep our promises, church. Rather, this is a commitment and promise made to people. 
Listen, this is real stuff, church. The promises made to God and, and people. This ain't some pinky promise we're talking about. This ain't just something that we ought to look at a, a likely. How about the, the promises to our spouses when we said, I do? Come on, somebody. Listen, this is real stuff. We can't just clock out because we're upset and frustrated with one another. That's not what the vow says. I love the vows of marriage. <laughs> through sickness and to health. Amen. Through rich or through poor. For better or for worse. It's talking about the ups and downs. So nevertheless, you made a promise to each other and you made a promise to God. It didn't come with a you know, whole bunch of clauses in the contract. There's the expectations to the promises we have made, church, that everything we do is, listen, for the glory of God. There's an expectation, 1 Corinthians 10, 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. Colossians 3, 23 to 24, whatever you do, do work wholeheartedly as unto the Lord and not for men. Have to remember that, amen, when men offend you. Come on, somebody. When things are happening. My promise was made to the Lord first, not men. Colossians 3, 17, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the God the Father through him. See, God has expectations for us to keep our promises and that he gets the glory, again, for what happens and going through our life. How many know the expectation of promise to live for Jesus? Again, when life gets tough, church, the promises to keep the conviction that God give you and I. Come on, how many know that's important? See, if God has such high expectations that men keep their covenants, best believe we can have a great confidence that God will keep his promises with us. Can you say amen? In Revelation 4.3, the Bible says there is an emerald rainbow around the throne of God to proclaim his remembrance of his everlasting covenant. With this people. If God has an expectation for us. Listen. We, hey, God's going to do his part. The question is will we do ours? Will we be faithful to what we say we would do? Will we stand on God's truth? Uh, even uh, when, when times get hard. Amen. Because you made a promise. Are you a promise keeper tonight? Can I have every head bow every eye closed? In respect to God. Are you a promise keeper tonight? Oh, God, help us in this place, God.